Good morning, Jamie. Uh, good morning. Good morning, Keith. How are you doing? Uh, good. Not not exhibiting any symptoms. As oh, of that's good. You're you're avoiding it, or you're just uh, asymptomatic for a few weeks. Yes. Well, I did. Um, I did attend Code Beam, which is a Elixir conference in San Francisco. Was it last week? Yeah, it was last week. Oh my lord, that was a mistake. But um, <laughs> wait, why was that a mistake? Why was that a mistake? Mm. Um, because shouldn't have been traveling, and uh, that actually shouldn't have happened. The conference uh, they did they did pass out a lot of hand sanitizer and stuff, but uh, they bought the hand sanitizer. I get it. Yeah, dude, they had like they had like two hundred bottles. Um, it's pretty impressive. It just uh, it just wasn't safe, man. Just not a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, if I know what I know now, I, w- I probably wouldn't have went. But yeah, hindsight, you know, yeah. twenty twenty and whatnot. Yeah, uh, probably if the organizers knew what they knew now, they probably wouldn't have had it on either. Now there were several speakers who couldn't make it because their their companies um, stopped supporting travel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so at the last minute they had to find like three or four new speakers, but, um, Oh, that's a bummer. And, and then they also, uh, streamed it like within a day's notice, They're like a lot of, cause a lot of people didn't want to go. So they, they streamed it. Gotcha. Did they, they stream it to anybody or did it only stream yeah, to people who paid? They streamed it uh, to anybody. Gotcha. They didn't, they, they didn't really, I don't think they advertised it outside the, uh, event. So I'm not sure who knew. That makes they, sense. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. They didn't really care, I don't think. But no, I mean, all these talks get posted eventually, anyway. Yeah, they did record it, and they did they did send an email saying it it's, it'd be on YouTube. My talk, so cool. It's not yet, but uh, it is a little bit about chronic. So yeah, that's where I want to start. I want to know how the the talk went and your overall experience at the conference, aside from potential illnesses and stuff. The the speakers were amazing. the the The, the quality of speakers that they had were, were really good. The location was eh, it was okay. It was at a hotel, and the hotel wasn't the best of shape. <laughs> um, gotcha. But it might have been availability or whatever. But uh, um, yeah, it was good. Besides, uh, besides coronavirus walking around, I I had this thing like when I go to conferences though, where I like can't concentrate on anything before I speak. Yeah, yeah. I'm always have like these grand plans of oh man, I'm gonna get all this work done. And, uh, and I didn't, so wait, all this, all this work on yeah, like real all this, like, or? yeah, like all this work on chronic, I was like, Oh, on Thursday, I'm going to do this and this. And like my talk was at the end of the day on Thursday and I, I can't concentrate on anything. You don't really go to conferences to go to the conference, do you? Uh, I don't go to a lot of talks, but I do do the hallway track a lot. Gotcha. Um, so it was, it was cool. I met a, a lot of people, uh, elbow bumped a lot of people, um, and then uh, my client's out there, so I met, met up with them for the first time. Oh, nice. Ever, so that was nice. And then I uh, have a friend out there, so I met up, met up with her. and It was nice. It's a nice little uh, break from the craziness. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, it should be up online shortly. So oh, well, maybe next, cool. next episode will be up there. Did you get any good, or well, I mean, it doesn't have to be good. Did you get any feedback on your talk? Like people coming up and talking about it? Uh, oh, thoughts? so my talk, my talk, it was self was there. It was multi. Yes, I did get some good feedback. People loved it. Uh, they uh, loved my slides in particular. Oh, of course. <laughs> uh, they always do. 
they're like, man, you must've spent a lot of time on those. It's like, you don't even want to know. Yeah. Uh-huh. I never ask how long you spend on a presentation because <laughs> yeah. I'm over and here. Uh, like I whipped it together in Markdown. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And a lot of money, like fonts. Yeah, you have a ridiculous. Me. We never did make the the T-shirt for you. That's like, don't buy that font or whatever. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> does the font pair well? Is yeah, the, there it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was only like, ah, dude, uh, probably 10, 12 people in the in the room, so mm-hmm. it wasn't that many. You know, there's three other talks going on at the same time. Gotcha. Um, so. So, uh, and that, that were much more, um, deep into the Elixir ecosystem. Mm-hmm. So I, I did adjust my talk a lot because I, I gave it, I gave it before, but I gave it, I gave it more at, at uh, conferences where it's not Elixir focused. Um, mm-hmm. so there's a lot like less Elixir deep dive into Elixir. So I, I modified it a bit to dive deeper into Elixir, but yeah, people, people are interested. It's, it's funny. Uh, I mentioned like team timers and things and somebody came up to me after the fact they work at uh, plural site mm-hmm. and in their off time, they built uh, inside VS live VS code live. Mm-hmm. Um, they built like a team timer so that uh, you can start a Pomodoro timer. And while you're pairing, it's right within VS code, hmm. which is pretty cool. Yeah, that is pretty neat. Yeah. So they were excited about like the, the features and stuff that we're building, but sorry, I'm building. Um, <sighs> gotta get used to that. Sorry, yeah, you got a <laughs> few years in the making there. Um, yeah. So uh, besides that, I worked on Chronic a bit. Um, let's see what what did I I I worked mostly on logging out, and I know it doesn't sound much, but one of the things I needed to do to implement was uh, a menu system. Mm. And a menu, uh, so I did a lot of like prototyping and doing what what feels right and stuff, and and just uh, how to implement this uh, this menu. So uh, I build a menu and then log out, and that introduced a new bug to me. So at last last time I talked, I added this app state. It's called App State Manager. So when it when the app becomes inactive or it goes in the background disconnects from the server oh, okay. and, then, yeah, yeah. Then, then it reconnects to the web socket on return. Well, for some reason, opening and closing this menu was caught, was firing off this event, Oh, which isn't a big thing, but you see kind of a little flicker. And mm-hmm. so I was trying to figure out, uh, I'm still working on, but I'm trying to figure out a, why that event is firing because um, it should only fire if it, clo- if it changes. And from what I see, the state doesn't change. It goes from active to active. So I may have to in, introduce some, some like uh, logic to make sure it changed. Oh, uh, gotcha. Basically you have to hold on to the previous thing yeah. and see yeah. what, when this new event comes in, like if it is different. Yeah. And then what else did I work on? I worked on a lot of the deployment stuff, understanding the deployment stuff as you are well aware, because I, I am well aware. I picked your brain yesterday for about an hour and a half. <laughs> Um, learned a lot about chef and knives and, yeah. um, and how we actually implement our deployment, which is kind of cool. And it's a little complicated. Like you really get to see that, uh, hot module reloading and release upgrades are, they're complicated. Like there's a, <laughs> there's a good reason to not use them if you don't absolutely need them. Yeah. And so one of our projects, we're not one of my projects, I'm not using it. 
uh, with active backgrounds, right? Because we don't really care about hot code reloading for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the deployment for that is really a lot more simple. Yep. The uh, the difficult part with hot code reloading is you need to hold on to the previous artifacts. So you can mm-hmm. you can call the upgrade um, method in your app. Um, so that's kind of the, the biggest issue with hot code reloading is you have to hold on to the existing um, artifact before you upgrade it to the new artifact, uh, which makes yeah, sense, to, obviously. Yeah, it needs to know how to go from one thing to the next when it's mm-hmm. building out the release. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did a lot of documentation around that. Um, like, you know, how, how do we do specific things? Like, how do we add SSH keys to the server? And, you know, how do, how do you restart Elixir and, and all these things? So mm-hmm. uh, I'm just documenting those so uh, I can uh, support it going forward. One of the things um, I'm really kind of afraid of supporting is, uh, is this application because I don't really have any insight into, like, the user's state nor does the user besides API calls of like what the state is of their timer. And so I, I know that I'm going to want to look into that, like what happened before they received this bug and, you know, what was the state of their timer, you know, when this, when this happened or what is the oh, state you, of the timer? Gotcha. So you're thinking you're going to need to add some sort of, um, are you worried just about bugs, like exception, like catching exception yeah. and sort of getting those so, things? Yeah, like existing, when I run into a bug, there's a lot of times when I like have to open up Observer and kind of mm-hmm. see what, what happened and, and what the state is currently and what's going on because we hide a lot of the state from the API calls, right? And then, yeah. and then additionally what we show on the, on the screen. And so I don't know how to do that yet on the server because it's a headless server. Like it doesn't have like, I'm assuming it uses X windows or something like that on... Mm-hmm on these Linux and Unix systems um, to display this observer. So it's just, just something that I'm, I'm thoughtful of and weary. And I just, I don't know if there's like a way to do it yet. um, Or if there's like another tool that will kind of like, you know, a web-based or some, some sort of tool that'll let you peek into some of these processes. So just, just something that, that I'm, I'm weary about. So. Mm -hmm. I yep. I am willing to bet that there's probably going to be a uh, a Phoenix Live View sort of thing for this at some yes. point if there does not already. So the the Live View project actually has a Live View dashboard project that ships with it, or that oh. you can alternatively install. And I I was just poking around at that because when we get to talking about my week, um, it's going to be a lot of Live View discussion. But nice. a um, which was not what I was supposed to do for this week. So <laughs> that's full foreshadowing. Um, but uh, yeah, I was, I was pretty interested to see kind of like, oh, okay, cool. They have, there was a, a chunk in there to like connect to specific nodes from the dashboard. Mm-hmm. So you can see things, but the information that it's showing is kind of like, what is your atom allocation on the node? Like it basically it was giving you a lot of insight into the actual, um, what the VM is doing really like, mm-hmm here's the memory usage. Here's like, it was one of those kind of dashboards, but I'm like, mm-hmm. ah, that somebody could do something pretty smart here. So you could see object allocation and state and stuff like that. Yeah. So that yeah. might be something that eventually, you know, could come down the road that I think would be pretty, pretty awesome. And I think live view would be really good for it. It would just take a lot of uh, front end work to kind of make it function properly. Like you'd almost need to live view pump things into like D3 or something. Yeah. And it could also weird. be, it could also be like a, a side, you know, a side effect of, of 
creating this project. Like if it doesn't exist, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I find it useful. Maybe um, I'll build it and open source it or sell it or something. But um, we'll cross that bridge when I come to it. Um, mm-hmm. That's one of the reasons why I like rolling this out in, in kind of stages and specific users and not a wide net at first is, is one of the tactics I'm going to, I'm going to use. So it doesn't go out to everybody. You know, I want to seed it to like, you know, a hundred, couple hundred people first. Yeah. Um, well, cause we don't even know what the like hardware usage is going to be for this I know. thing. Like mm-hmm. I have no idea if it's uh, like really scalable. Um, right. I think, I mean, you can deploy a lot of processes that do things, uh, within the, Elixir and Erlang VM, but I don't know if those, you know, because the processes are constantly doing things like each one is a a timer. Does that mean you're going to be limited to how many processes you can reliably deploy based on like how many threads you can have on the (laughs) (laughs) the actual box? Like that could uh, could be a problem, but. Exactly. So, and that's pretty much all I, as far as I got, um, the, the talk, uh, you know, I took that whole week off thinking I was going to get a lot more done as I always mm-hmm. do. Uh, but I worked on my talk, you know, converted it over to a lot more Elixir stuff and travel and everything and speaker dinners. So, um, there's a lot less time than I, than I thought there was going to be. And then also including that when I listened back to last week or last, uh, episode we recorded, I said April 1st, I want to have this complete, this iOS app complete. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what I was thinking at that point because I was like, I'm a, two months I can have this done. And then I said April 1st and it was the end of, it was like March 1st. Yeah, so you uh, were going to have a month to do it. Though. I was going to have a month and I wanted yeah. it two months. But I'm still going to try to, to still make it at the, the end of uh, April or end of May. So, ah, end of March. Um, November, so. he says. <laughs> Just- <laughs> well, since I, you know, since we're all locked inside our houses. Yeah. Uh, well, you have kids that go to school, so or went. To they school. used to go to school. Yeah, <laughs> they don't anymore. Yeah, they have the next three three weeks off, so that that'll be cool. And don't know if my wife does, who's a teacher. Uh, so my, uh, I have a couple buddies who are teachers, and I was like, "Hey, what are you going to do with your three weeks off?" And he's like, "Dude, they expect me to go into the school and plan for forty hours a week." <laughs> it's it's the dumbest. I, I'm like, I, are you insane? Like, you don't need that amount of don't planning get me when started you actually have this. kids there. Like that. Don't that's get me stupid. started on this. Yeah, right now the only thing that she knows is she has to go in on Tuesday, and then they're going to discuss plans. Gotcha. Um, they are doing like a lot of right things, like you know they're not docking pay, uh, which they shouldn't because it's already budgeted and it's like mm-hmm. sitting in their accounts and whatever. But it's all based on this contract, right? They they always sign these contracts between the unions mm-hmm. and the schools, and I'm like, there's has to be like you know language in there in case of, you know, non, uh, natural emergencies, you know, um, I guess I don't know what this would be, but, um, I mean, I would, yeah, I don't know. Nature, nature based emergencies, I should yeah. say. Well, I guess this also falls. This is also anyway. Nature. Yeah. <laughs> this is also nature. Non-terrorist um, emergency. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, which also I'm sure there's language in there for that, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So that's the only thing she knows. Uh, but it's like, what, what is the point? And one of the things she said is, well, they don't know, like some of the, she teaches first grade. So some of the older people may teach online, you know, mm-hmm. and you can't really do that with first graders, you know? No. So, and so one of the reasons they wanted to come in is to make sure that they're teaching the kids online. And I'm like, you, you, you hire these people that you don't 
trust? Like how many mm-hmm. people? Anyway. Yeah. Woo. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, yeah. If, so if they're, if the kids are off for three weeks uh, and I'm the uh, only one working from home, uh, that might turn out to be a little difficult, but yeah. uh, we'll, we'll yeah. see. I'll let everybody know. But so that's the plan. Still trying to um, finish chronic. Uh, so since I have the menu now, Mm-hmm. One of my next steps is one of the things I want to do is be able to change workflows nice. right within the, right within the app, um, mainly to test so I can test like shorter workflows and stuff, fix a few bugs that I found and then, um, record, uh, what, uh, what you can, you know, take notes and, and record what you did during that Pomodoro mm-hmm. and have that be saved. And those, um, those aren't all a lot, a lot of work. So We'll see. And then there's a lot of like cleanup, a lot of like polish. I want to make this thing pretty polished, but I'm not really worried about that. I'm not going to work on that until further down the line anyway. So, mm-hmm. so that's what I uh, have planned. Oh, um, gotcha. I guess the next time we record, it will be four days before your self-imposed deadline. Be oh. So, so right. basically, yeah, you're going to, do you have an intermediate goal or is, since it's so close to the actual end of the road, is your goal to just get it to the point where it's ready for April one? Yes. Just get okay. it ready. So it's ready for April. Okay, there is one other feature too, um, mm-hmm. but I don't know yet how I'm going to display it. And that's like displaying how much time you have left or like where you are at in your workflow. So like, you know, what do I have left is my next time that's coming up. Is that like a long break or a short break? Or, you know. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Showing what the next step is. Mm-hmm. Also showing what, what the previous steps are. I have some idea on how to, on what I want to show there, but um, yeah, I may, I may like do like an intermediate step where I show it kind of in an ugly way and then, then mm-hmm. polish it up later. So, so yeah, I, so I'll may, I'll move it back four days from, from, from the end of March. Hopefully next time record. I'll say, boom, it's ready. It's out there. Okay. Well, that I wasn't exactly going for that, but yeah. No. That, okay. No, it's okay. So you have two weeks from right now. Okay. We're all so, going to yeah. die in like two months anyway. So it's That's just joking. Don't want to be alarmist. From a cold. Just, yeah. It's, oh boy. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So how about you? What do you um, Yeah. So my, let's, we're going to go back and do a retrospective of what the goals were for the last three times we've talked i'm pretty sure but it was i wanted to fix some database stuff so basically uh once again my my nerdy pokemon project here uh isn't using a database for cards to search because there's an api so i pull it in add it into a gen server that i then use as like my uh quick access to things so i don't have to make api calls besides when the server boots up which overall is Pretty cool. Like it was, it was an interesting thing to build, but I had problems last time because the API client that I was using hasn't been updated since 2016 and uh, the, the version conflict with Hackney and a bug in Hackney. So mm-hmm. the, the thing there was like, okay, am I going to fix that or am I going to get around that? Then I was like, oh, maybe I'll fix it. Well, I did actually work on that and I got that thing patched up. I didn't actually fix the project because I realized that my single call to the server would be fine. The only problem I was having was going from snake case to camel case and strings to atoms so that the existing code that I had would work. Well, I looked at the dependencies of that API client to figure out like, well, they've got to be doing this somehow. I'm sure they're not doing it themselves, but I was going to go look at the source code just to see. And I found that they had a dependency on this project called proper case Hmm. and proper case has no dependencies. It's a completely just self-contained thing. And its entire job is it 
changes cases from camel case to snake case and it has like some json encoding stuff there so if you want to do everything in snake case but you want to send it as camel case through your api you can do that mm. um so, so is this an elixir project or Erlang yeah project? it's an elixir project just a super like small uh dependency and i'm like well heck i'm gonna get rid of this api client and i'm just gonna use I this might, thing yeah i might use this and so yeah i pulled in library. proper case because it literally has no dependencies and i'm like this is the safest kind of dependency you can have javascript doesn't know what this is like and <laughs> so yeah i'm just this is this is fun but yeah <laughs> i was able to actually just pull that in and use a uh just HTT poison call out and do some things. It is kind of weird because it comes back in um, camel case strings and I need it to be snake case atoms. So I have to convert it into snake case as strings and then I return it back into JavaScript and then I have JSON import it all as atoms again. So I I parse it back and forth one time in there as like an intermediate step just because it was going to be way easier than doing like uh, the recursive mm. stuff myself. And I know Jason is well equipped to, to read the, the JSON back out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's like, it's a pipeline. that's like six lines long that does all the stuff for me. So it's pretty nice. Nice. Uh, so I did get that fixed. So my server could actually run again. And so I was looking at that and I'm like, all right, next step is moving on to, uh, having stuff in my, the database or whatever. But I, then I like was poking around in the UI just to see like, oh yeah, where was I exactly with the UI since I've been kind of prevented from looking at it for a while. And then like some things were a little bit broken there with live view. And I was very confused. So I went off and I tried like, I was like, oh, okay, let me, let me check some things out there. And it was because I had upgraded a version of Phoenix, I think. And live view had stayed a little bit further back. So I upgraded live view, but then I got into this weird mess where like the live view would never render in the parent layout. So like my application layout, anytime I would navigate to a live view that is like routed via the live macro in the router, mm-hmm. um, it would just render itself, but it wouldn't render itself in the actual page. If that makes sense, like I couldn't have navigation and stuff in it because it wasn't rendering in a layout no matter what I did. And then I would say, hey, render in this layout. And that would say, hey, you don't have access to a con variable. And I'm like, we always have access to a connection. I don't know what you're talking about. Like it's here for sure. So I went back and forth. I spent probably two or three hours on this thing Hmm. and digging around. And eventually it just worked. But I'm like, I'm pretty sure I was in this exact state like an hour and a half ago. I have no idea why it works. So I'm still like in a head scratcher mode on that one. But uh, did you um, kill the server and restart it? Multiple times as Mm. I was in like changing dependency versions and stuff. It got to the point where I was even using like, all right, we're just going to go off of master on these things to figure out like, but then Mm -hmm. I realized that live view master relies on some changes that are coming down the pipe for Phoenix itself on master. And so I was running Phoenix master for like 20 minutes as I was poking around and yeah, things, things are getting weird. So the moral (laughs) of the story there is I did upgrade live view, live view works again. And then, uh, I just don't know how it worked anymore but it does it does work and i'm back to using things there were a couple changes i had to make with the version change but somehow magically it works again it's back in the layout and i'm good to go those are the best hand bugs yeah the ones where you're just like dude i have no idea i don't know why this works i don't know why it didn't work for a moment either but uh yeah it always felt like it should have worked so it's gone we're good that's where i'm at then i was kind of looking at the ui a little bit and i was like ah crap i was using balma for this thing and I was like, is I that a CSS? Use... Yeah, I was like, I don't want to use Balma anymore. Tailwind. I want to use Tailwind. So <laughs> I ripped out Balma 
and I started swapping stuff over to Tailwind and got to the point where I was like, I'm going to go check out Tailwind UI a little bit. And uh, so they have like free previews of the things where you can actually get some of the code for the application stuff. Mm. And so I'm like, oh, okay, pulling some things in and looking at them. I'm like, you know, these are kind of big sometimes like and I think looking at Tailwind code is a little daunting sometimes because there are a billion classes on on each of the you know, like it's not uncommon to see, you know, you have one div that has like I'm looking at one right now that has seven classes on it. Yeah. And sometimes your eyes just kind of freak out a little bit if you're looking at a lot of uh, markup that has Tailwind on it. That's why I like uh, the idea. And I think Tailwind um, in Elixir, the Tailwind library in Elixir has this, but kind of like style components where you can kind of see that all those classes in one like um, JavaScript. I said Elixir package, but. JavaScript yeah. package. I was real um, confused for a sorry. second. <laughs> okay. Then has uh, all those classes kind of in one little area, kind of like style components used to have in one little string um, interpolated area instead of like right within the, the mm-hmm. class component um, in the class name variable. Um, I, yeah. I, that's what I wanted. And I think, I think that's available. I'm, I'm also going to rip out all the CSS and uh chronic and, and switch over to tailwind i think but anyway but i so let's let's go back and remember that historically keith doesn't ship projects because he always gets stuck on the front end stuff mm-hmm. like i've built a lot of cool back end things over the years nobody's ever seen that crap because it always looked like complete garbage and additionally i'm a i'm a cheap person we're just gonna say it call it how it is right um, mm-hmm. I'm pretty cheap about some stuff, but I think I'm actually going to pay for Tailwind UI. Yeah, um, I'm going to pay to pay for that. Yeah, I'm as like well. 250 bucks to have yeah, a lot of components cheap. that are being upgraded, and I'm allowed to use them on as many projects as I want. And uh, mm-hmm. I know how to modify these things because it's just Tailwind, and I, mm-hmm. I do have a decent amount of Tailwind experience now that I'm like since I did so much work using it to to build things for that um, project I was kind of doing it. Uh, Linux Academy. So I have the experience to do, but I still just suck at design, right? So if somebody could give me some really good starters that I can like tweak for things, that sounds perfect for me. And I think that'll move the needle for me to be able to get past what is historically my biggest hurdle in shipping things. And that is the UI components of stuff. And uh, yeah, I think, I think the value, the the big value of Tailwind, even if you don't even use Tailwind, like the Mm -hmm. CSS framework, is they spent a ton of time, a lot of time to make sure that their CSS is done right yep. so that it works like it's accessible. It works on all different uh, layouts. And if you just wanted to like see how you should build like a price grid or something uh-huh. like that, it's it's worth it. It's worth it. Like, so you don't have to tinker with CSS uh, as your users find bugs in different layouts and stuff. So just just for that piece and two hundred fifty dollars, I think is is totally worth. Uh, oh, totally worth it. Prices, price. plus plus the, they're good people behind it, and exactly they share a lot of good work. So I love supporting people who I think are doing cool work. Yeah, like this is I'm a I'm a like big video game guy. Like I love playing video games. I have forever, mm-hmm. and it's amazing how many games I've purchased and literally never played because I've read work from the developer of the 
the thing and I just want to support them. Yeah. Or, or, you know, the, the numerous books that I've bought because they're from somebody that I saw a talk from and I'm like, I'm probably never going to get around to read this, but I like to support people who are building good things and putting things into the world. Yeah. And they, it's not like they're uh, hurting for the, no, the support. No. I think they After, made like yeah. half a, half a million in three days or something on Tailwind UI. So, Oh really? Yeah. yeah I'm sure they're, I'm sure they're doing quite okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, they made a million dollars off of their book uh, release. Off so. their book, yeah. Yeah. And that was just the release. I don't even know if the, what it's done mm-hmm. since then because, you know, people don't talk about that. But mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I did think it was amazing that they did t- say, like, yeah, this is how it worked out for us. Like, it was a yeah, incredible it's thing awesome. to be like, oh, yeah, there's a designer and a developer who wrote a book about designing stuff and uh, mm-hmm. made a million dollars off of it in a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at now. I I might actually ship with out rip like changing everything over into database stuff right away. Like I think I might actually focus like deploy this first so that I can start using it even if I don't have all the database back stuff because once the application is deployed, as long as I um add in some stuff to where you don't see errors when it's first launching because I have a supervisor, right, that uh is watching my card cache server. And so so you can access the application. It's just there might not be cards there yet. So I need to rather than having it blow up and say like, hey, gen server took more than 5000 milliseconds to respond. I need to just have it show zero cards for a brief moment. And that is uh, a totally good stopgap measure for me for right now to to where I can be like, "Ah, I can deploy this thing and it'll be useful. And as long as I have the database models in the back so that I can have a user who can have a collection of like owned cards is what I'm probably going to call them. But, you know, it's like a join table between like some sort of ID and the person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm probably going to go down that route rather hand. than worrying too much about doing all the database stuff right now. You could call it hand player's hand. Is that what they call them in Pokemon? It, well, yeah, but that's, you know, that's in the game and at home. It's part of your collection, right? Oh, yeah, that's um, true. Collected, collected cards. Like there's so many goofy things about this. And I always feel weird talking about this project to people because they're like, you're talking about Pokemon, dude. And I'm like, well, you have to understand, like, I see a market here for people who spend thousands of dollars a year sometimes on cardboard. (laughs) Like (laughs) they care about this stuff. Right. And uh, they have a track record of paying money. So I'm like, okay, I can uh, I can get behind this as a thing. So as as goofy as a project as it sounds like, like I feel like I should stop being embarrassed when I talk about it because I'm like, eh, you might not see it, but there are like plenty of people out there who make like, you know, 10K a month off of a gardening website, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you mentioned, um, you mentioned to me, I uh, hope it's okay to, to say this so you can edit it out, but you said you were going to uh, referee a Pokemon tournament or judge? Oh yeah, I was, I was supposed to judge today. Yeah, yeah, but you're not right. No, we canceled. Yeah, there's it a for pandemic. Corona. Sorry. Yeah, so it is canceled. But I think that's a good, that's a good idea because then you kind of right don't want you know your audience more doing mm-hmm. that. Notice you. Yeah, I think yeah. it's a great idea. Yep. So that's that's kind of where I'm at with uh, the project right now. It's kind of nice to have spent some dedicated time. I actually took a couple days off this week and like Thursday, um, I was working on this a little bit and then I worked with, with you for a little while to kind of dig into deployments and stuff, uh, which Mm -hmm. was a good refresher for me anyway, just to kind of look at how that stuff had been done back when I originally kind of wrote a lot of that and to see, to see all the things that I would probably do different now is kind of annoying, but happy to, happy to steal away some, some of your time off was happy. 
Okay, yeah, I mean, literally with my time off, this is what I did. I mean, I played some, you know, video games here and there or whatever, but I was working on this project and it kind of back up to speed and working with you a little bit on that stuff. And I'm like, I'm feeling pretty good about this. Moving things off of Balma and into using Tailwind feels like I'm, I'm getting a little bit more movement on the, um, the UI side of things. And being able to see things definitely makes the work feel more real always. Mm-hmm. So that's that's been kind of a nice little tweak there. But. Yeah, I'm, I'm in a good spot. So I feel like I'm going to between now and the next two weeks, I want to actually get this deployed um, even, you know, in like a baiting beta or st- staging environment, basically just for myself uh, mm-hmm. so that I have a place where I have a real database that I can like track my collection and stuff like that and try to try to build some real things with it. And then I will layer in the database models and tables that I need as as I see them. But for the time being, I really don't need them. I just need some simple stuff in there that I can translate the data over to uh, over time. But I need to work on some of the more the features really around those things. Yeah. Like the card is one thing and I really just need one representation of the card. But then the other portions like I need a deck building component and I want to build in some really good searching stuff. Once I get to the searching part, then that's where I'm going to have to go and probably um, rethink how I'm doing some of the database stuff because I'll probably want to use the database to leverage some of that searching. Although right now it searches pretty freaking fast, just using a gen server and like a bunch of filter calls. Yeah. So what's, what's your focus on for the next two weeks? Is it that building those, those features? Uh, Next two weeks is going to be, let's get it deployed. Uh, Mm -hmm. I need to have users. I, I want to be able to deploy it, log in and say that I own a card. So I want to be able to say like, oh, this is a specific card. I have one of these or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so it'll keep track of how many cards I have of a given type or whatever. And I can view just my collection. But we're going to we're going to limit this to deploy it, log in, log out, you know, normal auth stuff and add a card to my collection. Those are the features I'm building for this next. You you mentioned, right, that you'd have no database right now, right? And you need um, I have a database. a database that just doesn't okay. have much in it. Uh, okay. I want to move the card information into my own database. So I don't need to rely on an external API. Gotcha. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Um, cool. Cause I was going to say, well, you're going to need a database for logging in and logging out, but yeah, uh, yeah. I think I already have it. I actually probably already have a user class in here. Yeah. I have account user. So yeah. Email address, password, password. So I actually probably have it. I just think I might not have a UI around it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cool, man. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to check that out and kind of dig in. But yeah, we're moving on. Probably going to be using Tailwind UI. I will uh, talk about my experience with that uh, next next time we talk. Awesome, man. Well, it was great chatting with you, and uh, we'll talk in uh, two weeks, man. Two weeks sounds good. It's gonna it's gonna be big two weeks too. Big two weeks if we're still here. Uh, I'm just joking. I don't want to be alarmist. Um, <laughs> All right, man. I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye.